0: Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team.
1: Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3.
0: If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com.
1: But for now, let's get started with this week's episode.
0: Hi, I'm Sarah, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Charlie. Hi. George. Hey. And Tyreek. Hello. And Charlie, you are an Orange specialist and a current youth
1: Volunteer at your church and a former youth pastor, right? Yeah, I was a youth pastor full time for the last fifteen years in the local church, and was a volunteer youth pastor (laughs) for a wee bit of a time period, which felt like lasted forever. Yeah, and now I have the officially handed off the baton. Yes, I'm a volunteer, guys. So good. And
0: George, George, this isn't your first podcast with us, but it is your first one as an official staff member of Orange now. So welcome, and you are a former youth pastor and now current volunteer small group leader as well, right?
2: Yes, which I agree with Charlie, super weird, but amazing feeling to be able to volunteer and help out with us high school students currently,
0: yeah. so yeah. That's awesome. And Tyreek, you are a youth pastor at North Point Community Church and fresh off of a camp.
3: Yeah, sixth grade weekend. camp. I work with middle school. Why schoolers. are you here? I know, right? <laughs> I love ministry.
0: That's awesome. Mm. Good answer. Good answer. And today the question that we're going to be answering is, what do I do when a student in my youth ministry starts following Jesus? And the reason why we thought this was a good question to kind of start out with is, it seems that in as youth leaders in in youth ministry, we tend to have a plan when it comes to making a sort of salvation pitch with students, whether that's camp or a D-Now or a retreat or something like that. But we don't always have a plan for what comes next. And so we thought it would be a great way to kind of start a conversation around what do we do when a student decides to follow Jesus? Don't
1: you just give them a Bible and send them home? Be and like, just say yeah. No, yeah congratulations. Yeah. We're, We're done.
2: done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All
3: right, podcast Clear. over. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's <laughs> it. Clear the rosters. Who's next?
2: Yeah.
3: yeah. I think this is a great topic because literally coming off of camp, we, yeah. we have kids that accept Jesus for the first time. And it is that question. Like I was just yes. in a meeting, like what are the next steps? Yeah. And it was a conversation. It was a bunch of stuff.
0: And what did y'all say?
3: Like, for, So it was different perspectives. So yeah. my perspective was, there was someone that was like, oh, we need to contact parents and this, that, and yeah. the third. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's that's fine. But for me, I was like, what are we going to do differently than what we already do in our, in our ministry? Yeah, like we have small question. group leaders to help them mm-hmm. develop a faith of their own. Right. So the fact that they've accepted Jesus is just now let's continue to show them what their faith looks like. But yeah. I do think... I do think, like, the process should be, like, helping them figure out what following Jesus looks like in their context. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so maybe it is something you do different, but I still feel like on Sunday mornings, whether you're talking about friends, whether you're uh-huh. talking about anxiety or whatever, that's the end goal anyway is right. for them to live out their faith in a certain yeah. way. So it's it's interesting. I yeah. don't know. Let's, yeah. let's have the conversation. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Well, we were talking a little bit earlier about—so, Charlie, you're a youth pastor. You were a youth pastor at a Methodist church. Yeah,
1: I've always served in a United Methodist church, and I feel like this feels a little weird for us sometimes yeah. because the Methodist church, it's not always this ginormous emotional salvation moment, right? but we work really hard at living out our faith every day and talk about, you know, prevenient grace and all those things Yeah, sanctifying grace. Yeah. We can we can define that in the show notes, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. I know y'all know. Um, But for real, so when kids make a commitment to Jesus, I think Mm -hmm. it maybe looks a little bit different on my end. Okay. So do you tend to have those kinds of
0: moments show up at camp? And then, and then there's like a process that's like a denominational process
1: you lead people through? Well, of course, it, in the Methodist Church, we have confirmation, right? which is write a passage for mm-hmm. most middle school students who want to know more about their faith, about John Wesley, where our faith came from, right. and then what does it look like for them to live it out, and then they join okay. the church. Okay. But we really do believe in discipleship. So there's some great tools that we use small group leaders for yes. one thing, and yeah. then making sure students really do know how to live out their faith. I'm with Tyreek. I don't know the conversation from day to day changes with him. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think that's
0: important to kind of hone in on that word. Discipleship is really what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. That's just the fancier way of saying it. So, George, what about you in your experience as a former youth pastor? How did this kind of show up in your church?
2: Um, Well, I think the process for us really started even before they made that decision okay. because we had a whole bunch of conversations, whether it was the youth pastor and the student or the small group leader and the student or the small group leader and the parent. Okay. Um, there were so many conversations that we were intentional about having that really set the expectations for after the okay. decision was made or whatever faith response the student would know, okay, now I can expect this change or, mm. hey, this practice that I need to start employing in place, these people that I can go to and talk to and get help from from time to time. Mm. But, you know, what's funny, I, I kind of want to go back to Tyreek's point because I remember having similar meetings about, OK, now what? What's the next yeah. step for these students? And I remember a big thing that especially as we start talking about this question, the, the phrase that we use around here is having the end in mind. Yeah. And like, can I just also point out a lot of the times kind of Charlie was joking earlier. Oh, we're done. Right. But also the end in mind isn't graduation. It's not even when the kid leaves our programs or ministries. But I remember we sat down and we really even honed in while there's a huge spectrum of kids everywhere. We honed in on what. What does faith look like for this student from after this point, even when they get to college, when they exit our ministry? How do they own their faith um, in their home context? And a lot of the practical decisions that came out of that was, we got to help out parents. We got to help out small group leaders. And maybe it's not just training, but it's prompts. Yeah. Okay. Your kids made that decision one month out, three months out. Yeah. Yeah. Here are the things that we want you to do, and some of the four faith skills that we uh, use here at Orange. Yeah. I mean, those are the things that we really try to
0: hone in on. Hone in on, yeah. yeah. Okay, so but I've, all of you have mentioned small group leader and parents, and as that kind of being something that p- people that you're really trying to tap into. So, but that's not necessarily different after they've made a decision to follow faith. So, what are the things that you're doing now to set up? Parents and small group leaders before a kid's made a decision that wouldn't necessarily change after they've made a decision.
3: Right. one thing I think I don't know if this is gonna answer the question, but it was something I was thinking yeah. about when George was talking. Because to me, even when I was in the meeting where we were talking about what is next, I, it's I was like, "What is it? A theology class? Like, what right. are we like? Is it what is it, what is it about?" I know being United Methodist, like, yep, absolutely, yeah, like yeah, more theology. Yeah. And, and it's not that theology is not important. Right. I think it is important, but. I don't know. I I think the point of the parents is that I think parents are the most influential in the kid's life. And so any way that you can help them see the importance of this decision and encourage them to live out their faith. And I think really the end goal to me when you talk about the finish line is how does the gospel impact everyday decisions? Like I treat my mom this way because Jesus loved me or I treat the person I'm in a relationship with this way because of the gospel. And I think if we can figure it, but I don't know if that changes. I think that's what yeah. we do.
1: Every
0: day. On
3: the, right. Every right. day and definitely on Sundays. You know? But I
0: love that because I think what you're saying is we're trying to make sure that they have a holistic understanding of their faith in Jesus. It's impacting every area of their life. This isn't just some, a decision you've made at church. Right. But this is how mm-hmm. this is going to play out right. at home. Because I do a school. bunch of,
3: well, I like even in college and stuff, you know a bunch of people that know theology, but mm-hmm. they're not very good people. You know right. what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Can and, we all
0: whoa. do an amen? Okay. <laughs>
3: all right. And that's why, and so to me it's like the end goal yeah. of that next step is like, yo, how does this impact you as an individual, as a person now? Because yeah. it should, it should impact all those things. Yeah. You know?
0: So Tariq, I think you bring up a great point though. So you're saying, we're trying to figure out where do they go from here? Is it more theology? And Maybe that's not necessarily it. So we're, I think every church maybe kind of needs to make the decision for themselves. What does that look like in terms of, what we have control over as a church. Is it a different kind of programming classes, baptism in some cases? Is that something that does that play into your context? I know, Charlie, with Methodist, that also is a little bit different. Yeah,
1: for us, if a student wants to be confirmed, they have to be baptized first. Okay. Um, and in the Methodist Church, baptism looks different all yeah. the time. But my church was really great, and they we did immersion baptisms, uh-huh. which I know some of y'all are like, you didn't do that before. <laughs> no, we <laughs> sprinkle. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe just a little pour, but,
2: <laughs> but different degrees of wet. Yeah, different
1: degrees of wet in the Methodist Church. But that's one of the things is when they said yes to Jesus, having that baptism was so important, yeah. which is probably what you see coming home from camp and things like that.
3: Yeah, and that's that, that was one of the things that came up in the conversation. Okay. Was like. We should definitely... Because it was funny because someone in the meeting was like, we should push them towards baptism. And my response was like, well, do they they know enough? And so I went to theology. Mm, Okay, interesting, yeah. Because to me, it's like, I do think the theology part is how do we help them better understand what is taking place? Yes. Like what Jesus has actually done for you. Like you responded to something. Yeah. Now let's let's unpack unpack that for Mm -hmm. you in the way that it impacts the way that you live the day to day. Mm -hmm. But I do think baptism... Could be a, is a strong next step because it is that public mm-hmm. profession, you know what yeah, I mean? But yeah. then it's like, well, what do you do after that? Like, I done been bad and said yes. yes. Now I done been baptized. Yep. Like, I'm good, right? Like, now that's right, that's everything? Right. Or is it I continue to, to walk my faith out? Because I think right. about my own story. Like, I didn't become a Christian until I was 16. Okay. And we didn't use the word small groups, but it absolutely was. Like, my youth pastor, who had a small group of us together, that impacted the next step for me. And it okay. really was having an adult who was longer than I who was farther along than I was just opened their life up to me. Yeah. yeah. And allowed me to ask questions and allowed me to go talk to them. And yeah. that helped grow my faith more than anything. Yeah.
1: I've had small group leaders feel nervous about taking the next step with students because I think they're trying to process what is the next step. And you're like, yes. but you're living this out every day. Right. And I right. think it's when you throw in that, well, your kids have said yes to Jesus, so we want to help them with their next steps. It's sometimes hard to articulate for small group leaders, and it doesn't need to be intimidating. Just mm-hmm. keep loving them and doing life with them. That's mm-hmm. interesting because I was having a conversation
0: with a parent yesterday who's kind of struggling trying to figure out you know, how to talk to her child about faith. and And I think there's this Pressure we feel as adults when it comes to faith in particular, like we've got to have it all figured out if we're going to be leading somebody else Mm, younger than us, whether it's a child or a student, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so just to kind of give them permission to not have to feel like they have to have it all figured out, but that they do need there needs to be an adult who knows the child or the student well enough to kind of walk alongside. And that's not always necessarily at the youth pastor's role because they can't necessarily know. Where every student is in the process,
1: but even if you're in a small church, yeah, I just really believe it doesn't always have to be the youth pastor that does all the things. Yes, right. Yeah, we have other people that are in our churches that would be great mentors and leaders. Regardless, if you have three kids, five kids, let's yeah. get some other voices in there. Yeah.
3: Oh, absolutely. And I feel like if, as long as we can tie down the end goal to them being better people, like uh-huh. in the way that Jesus calls us to treat people right. and love people. And not because I think I do I have seen certain spaces where it's like we go theological and it gets problematic, right? Like we become judgmental. Like I remember I was super judgmental after I became a Christian, you know? And it was from a place of like, oh, I don't want you to go to hell, but it was it was (laughs) it was not a place of grace. It was not (laughs) a place of like, I really like like I do care, but it's not coming off in the best way, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so I think. Those are all things we have to help young people process when they, when they say yes to it, because we, we do some kooky things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Christians are weird. No.
2: <laughs> I think a through line of everything, practical decisions that we make as ministry leaders, the, the through line seems to be relationship. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. All the people in this that the that, uh, student knows and gets to speak with, ask questions. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And something that I'm also hearing is while we want a process that's holistic, I think there is a difference with the formality of it because I, I know for, like, say, a small group leader, discipleship, that word is intimidating, Right. Mm-hmm. but it can still have aspects that we can really hold on to and grab onto and just say to that small group leader, hey, it, it can be scary and this is a big deal, but these are the things. So. Right. Getting super practical. Then, if we're going to empower these parents and uh, small group leaders and people in the students' lives, what are the super practical things? Yeah. So, what are some of those?
3: I do think you should encourage students to read their Bible. Yeah. Like, I do think that should be a habit. But th- then it gets it gets weird, yeah. right? <laughs> because if we're they what? Yeah, because it's even like how like what does it even mean to do that? Right? Mm-hmm. Like if right. you if you're reading certain things and you're applying it in crazy ways, right? Because you're like you're reading oh, I can't wear polyester anymore. Or you're looking at like Old Testament <laughs> scriptures. <Yeah. laughs> like, oh, nice I can't eat, I can't shellfish shellfish, And you yeah. become this extreme, like legalistic person. It's like, yeah. that, that wasn't the point, you know? Yeah. So even, I think that's a real form of discipleship is like, what is scripture and how do we apply it? And what does this mean? So I do mm-hmm. think that was something that when I even want to think about my own understanding and, uh, and like my journey in the faith, and even me as a youth pastor, like that was something that I really wanted for yeah. all of my students was like, All right, whether you believe or not, but if you do say yes, I want you to be able to read this in a way that's helpful and beneficial.
1: Yeah. And for me, I think it's a prayer journal. One of the things I always encourage students to do was to keep a prayer journal because we may ask for things, but we don't always recall what we asked for. Mm -hmm. And when you can keep a journal, you can see God alive and in action in your life because you can look back and think, oh my gosh, He did step up in that moment. And I think encouraging a healthy prayer life is so key to this, oh, I said yes, here's what's next. Yeah. But yeah. uh, George, I love what you said
0: though about all this being through the context of relationships because I think, Tyreek, your point, you don't just want to be like, okay, go read your Bible and like send them off. Like right. you want them to be able to read their Bible, but come to an adult to ask questions or be like, coach them through like, hey, maybe don't start in Genesis and just work your way
2: through. Like maybe right. start with
0: John, you know, just different kind of clues on how to unpack that. So it's, mm-hmm. it is the relationships kind of being the overall thread through all yeah, of and-
2: this. Like, it's so powerful for, um, as a ministry leader, I remember coaching my small group leaders, hey, don't make reading the Bible weird, like Tarik said. This is a way that, one way that you cannot make it weird is by sharing the way that you process the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you reading? Share that with your students and help them through processing what you just read. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that makes it super practical. It makes your small group leaders the models and... Just don't make it weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it
0: also seems like you you want them to feel that you want them to feel permission to not have all the answers. Right. Small yes. group leaders and students. That they don't have to be in the know for everything, but kind of coaching them oh, in the yeah. discussion of stuff. That's good. What else would you guys say are some of the things, prayer journal, reading your Bible? What else would you guys recommend?
3: I think one thing and it's funny because my son just started kindergarten mm-hmm. and um, I forgot what it was like. So, it was something happened. It wasn't anything bad that happened, but it, like either a kid in his class had did something to him or had did just something or wasn't behaving correctly or whatever. And I could tell like my son was kind of like, yeah, they don't listen. And yeah. It kind of felt like he was getting judgmental. <laughs> and um, and I was. And so when we got together to to pray at night, I said, I want you to pray for so and so, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think even the habit of like, mm. oh, if that person is bothering you, if that per- if that situation is frustrating like praying about that specifically, like praying about people that are bothering you specifically. Because I think that does something to build compassion, to build... Empathy in people that that helps us to look more like Jesus. So that's something I would encourage them to do. Yeah, like coaching their responses. Like, you see this or you experience this, you can pray
2: about that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. That's really good.
0: Their posture towards other people.
2: Uh, I know another thing for me as I think about this, and even specifically right after a kid makes a decision, Mm -hmm. that's the best time to establish that it's okay to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I remember also just coaching small group leaders. It, once your kid has made a decision, this is also the time where they might be the most curious about faith, mm-hmm. depending on where they're at, on the, like their knowledge of everything, or is this whole church thing mm-hmm. um, completely new to them? Mm-hmm. Now is the time when you can ask them, hey, do you have any questions? Yeah. Where, where do you think we should go from here? Yeah. And, and that's so powerful because I've learned so many times when like, in an awkward small group, like, it, it's just the leader talking, or it, it seems all one way, or we go down questions. So I think it's so important that early on, we established that it's okay to ask questions. We want you to ask questions. You should
3: ask questions. Yeah. So that's powerful, too. That's good. And I think we, we got to continue to, like, encourage them to, like, just to just live life, right? Because yeah. mm-hmm. I think often you meet kids who accepted Jesus at a young age, and it's always... Categorized, like, oh, I didn't go to parties. I didn't mm-hmm. date. I yeah. did all the stuff that yeah. they didn't do. Yeah. As opposed to like, no, like right. there's a whole bunch of stuff yeah. that being a Christian calls you to do. Whether right. that's serving, whether that's being generous or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's just really cool to, always, to have those kids that are secure enough in their faith. That can still go to a party and just be mm-hmm. themselves and mm-hmm. not d- participate with everybody else is participating in. Yeah, And I think for me, like me and my wife always talk about with our kids and it's like, we want them to be shrewd. Like we don't want them to be naive. We don't yeah. want them to be ignorant. We want them to know what goes on in the world yeah. and choose not to participate. Yeah. And I think that's part of like the next steps. It's like the next step isn't to remove yourself. I think that's, that's the old good. model, right? right. Yep. Like the old model is like there's the world and you never go over there. You pull yourself, you, pull yourself yeah. you sanctify, You that's you're right. over here now. And you don't do those things. And I think that just creates huge like walls and judgment. Yeah. But being able to tell a kid, like, yes, you said yes to Jesus, and you can go to that party and still love Jesus and not participate right. with foolishness. Right. In fact, I pro- at that party, you'll probably get asked more about why exactly. you're not acting like everybody mm-hmm. else. And it's an opportunity for you to share the hope that you believe in. Yeah. So I think that's something that has to be important, just being super practical. It's like, hey... That party. If you now, if you have issues and you know you don't conduct yourself right, well, right. then that's a personal thing that you need to right. say no to. Your faith shouldn't be the reason to say, "Oh, I'm not going to go to that." Right. Like your yeah. faith should give you the freedom and flexibility to go wherever it is you want to go and still carry Jesus with you.
0: Well, I feel like we, have you know, at Orange, we talk a lot about these four faith skills: the hear, talk, pray, live, and they all represent a lot of what we've talked about here. Obviously, the pray and hear is reading scripture um, and talking. George. What came to mind when you were talking about asking questions is that this isn't just talking and sharing our faith. This is having the freedom to vocalize the things that we don't necessarily understand and, and live came to mind with for you, Tyreek, when you're just talking about going, you know, still go to the party, still do your do your life, but what does it look like to follow Jesus in that context? So I think anytime that we can kind of bring those faith skills into the life that they're already living, having mm-hmm. made this decision, I think is probably gonna really help them set them up for a win.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then having small group leaders trained and uh, skilled also at pointing to these faith skills and tying, okay, you just did this. This will help the pray. This is what we've talked about when we say pray. This is what we talked about when we say live Yeah, uh, and really point the party situation to, okay, live,
0: like decisions. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good.
3: Now I wonder too, like, so I'm at a less traditional church, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's... There were certain acts and things that you got to participate in when you did say yes to Jesus. Oh, okay. And I wonder like how how much that plays a role in a person's faith development as well. Like I grew up in a church or uh, well, the church I went to when I became a Christian. It was one of them churches where like you you didn't volunteer. They just told you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, oh, OK, yeah, like you're a part of the youth ministry. Cool. You about yeah. to babysit the two year olds. Right. <laughs> Or, hey, Tyreek, it's Christmas time. Like, you're doing a five-minute sermonette. Okay, yeah. And it was be- because I said yes to Jesus that I got to participate in oh, something yeah. that I wouldn't have gotten to participate in. And I think that shapes you in a way as well. Does, like yeah. And, I, and you don't want to do it in, cause you know, some churches do communion. Like, it's only for believers. Yeah. Don't, don't come over here if this isn't you. But it. the idea also is that, yo, there are things that... You get to participate in now as a community of faith.
0: That's interesting. That if
3: you don't believe this, this is not a knock on you. This just isn't for you. you And I wonder how that shapes as next steps. Because it is a next step. Like if you're in a a church where you don't take communion unless you're a Christian. Right. Now, oh man, I participate in something. So there's a physical aspect and and like ritual and tradition that represents your faith.
1: That's a good point. You ain't got nothing. No, I'm Methodist. No. We let everybody come to <laughs> table.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that you can't do until you become?
1: <laughs> but I do think that leadership roles are more available to students who say yes and allow That's them true. space to practice the things that they've said yes to, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. to live that out and all the things that we just said yeah. hear, pray, live, talk. Yeah, well, I grew up in a mm-hmm. church where you were not allowed to take communion, and it was a big deal. when Because you, Jesus' body is not for everyone? We can talk about this offline, Charlie. Wow.
2: wow. <laughs> wow. I
1: did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. So it wasn't like, it wasn't a first communion experience like a Catholic church has like the first communion experience. But it, I mean, I remember it was a big deal once I was baptized, once I had accepted Jesus in my heart and been baptized, then it was like, I got to drink the grape juice. That wow. wine, grape juice, yep. and that. So, so yeah, there are these kind of levels. Does that even of,
2: count. Hold on. If Does
0: it's just grape juice. Yeah,
2: I mean. Yes. I it, it counts. <laughs> okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: For, for us Baptists, yes, <laughs> 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 that was that was that counted. So yeah, I know what you're saying that there are these levels of kinds of graduation into yeah, based mm-hmm. on this decision. Mm-hmm. So there is something interesting about. Le- I don't know if it's levels, but kind of like what you're. I don't know. Moving into after having, We're invited a into yeah.
1: in the church. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. that you said that you got to give a devotion, yeah. and, and it is more than babysitting the two year olds. Can we like put that on the That's table? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, That's absolutely.
3: Right. oh, absolutely. Sure. But they're not. But they're not asking. <laughs> they're, they <laughs> yeah, have, some, they some are church. telling yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> You're because I think in my church it was like. If you're a part of this community, you have responsibilities. Right. And yeah. I think that's a good thing. Like, yeah. I think that's something cuz it cuz you know we don't you're not just here just to take and take and take. No, you're here to participate yep. in the life of this right. church. Right. And adults going to tell you to do that.
2: Yes. yes they <laughs> <will>. <laughs>
3: I think going off that I do have a question then
2: so as a ministry leader how do I program that or what how how have you seen it other than the oh you're going to do that yeah but mm-hmm. how what are some things that you've seen like we strategically program as a ministry leader Yeah, yeah. I think
3: for us like we have high school small group leaders, mm-hmm. and you don't get to participate in that if you if you haven't said yes to Jesus already, right? Makes sense. Um, okay, so you yeah. you
0: lead middle schoolers, yep. and so yeah, you're saying a high school student can yep. come be a leader, can come and lead, yes. Yeah. But got one, it. The,
3: but the prerequisite is like you have to have you, a, a faith already of your got own. Got it. So you yep. get to participate in that, and really, that's I uh, I think that's those are the only places. That's the only like way that we see. Because we're at a bigger church too, yeah. so it's like small – and there's other ways of service. You can be a small group leader. You can do guest services. Yeah. You can do um, – you can, like, tell the story. So it's those mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. things you get to participate in. Um, but I, So that's where I see it in those levels. I yeah. also
2: see something cool that uh, Sarah brought up, kind of spurred something on, was, so, yes, it's also – being a part of the community, but having a responsibility to the community. Mm, right. Like, good. okay, now that you're uh, following Jesus, we also expect you to help others follow Jesus. Yeah. 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 We, we expect you to invite. We expect you to be here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: kind of combats that consumer mentality though, yeah. that now you have a responsibility to give back mm-hmm. to the community that's given mm-hmm. to you. So it seems like a lot of what is being suggested is kind of puts a lot of pressure on the small group leader in terms of what they need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So is there programming and is there something that we should be doing as youth ministry leaders to prepare the small group leader or things to set up so that the student is coming directly to something, some kind of program or class or something we set up Mm -hmm. to help set them up for success? Does that make sense?
3: Yeah. And I think that's when it gets tricky, right? Because... What we don't do is if we have a small group model, we don't take all the kids that have accepted Jesus and put them in their own group yeah. and put them because on the different track. Because that would be track. super weird. Right. <laughs> right. And just leave all the non-Christian mm-hmm. kids oh. until we win them over to the new, like we don't do that. Like they all stay together. <laughs> Welcome to goats. the secret room. Right. She she yeah. <laughs>
2: so I don't, I don't know. Well, I think, yes, extremely difficult question, but I think, When we do have a plan, I I think there's two parts to that. Yes, it is a lot for the small group leader, but if we've done our job in training them well, we're not expecting every small group leader to hold all this information in their head after training and be 100% every time. But as a ministry leader, I think we have to systematize some prompts. Okay. Uh, So yes, you were trained in this. I don't expect you to have it every single time, 100%, but in a month, I'm going to I, as a ministry leader, am going to prompt this small group leader. Remember, we talked about this at training. Uh, your your student is at this stage. Hey, you. This is something that you can send them, and then we are able to just even just give them a. Hey, Send them this scripture, send them this Devo, send them this blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then it takes the pressure off the small group leader. Oh, I've got to figure out which Devo for this kid. Instead of ministry leader, she says, hey, I, I know you're, you're loving on the student. You're building mm-hmm. a relationship there. Here's a material. You can give this to your student. Just be ready to talk to them.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. taking be all available. the notes when George is talking. I because know. in all my years of ministry, being the only youth pastor, yeah. y'all mm. did not have time to make a list. <laughs> I didn't have a set of steps. Yeah. Like we trained our small group leaders. Of course, we check back with students. But I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have had a scripture verse to send. I just yeah. had never thought to work through that process before. Yeah.
3: yeah. And what was good. super helpful for me now that I'm thinking about it. When I became a Christian, they gave me a teen Bible and the teen Bible had little like, I don't even know what you would like, basically like lessons in it. Yeah, So like you would read something, it would like explain it. And I remember that being super helpful Mm -hmm. for me because I would read, I would read and it had this kind of cheesy, but I think it was helpful. They would have letters in there. From I guess students other who yeah, yeah other teenagers yeah. who had yeah. had certain issues or whatever and they talked about how their faith helped. I think it, we had the me. same
0: Bible. Yeah, <laughs> was it colorful? Yeah. Was it
3: it was it was like purple and yeah. green? Yeah, yeah, that uh, was yeah. It. He had the little, little cartoon man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that was what Guys. I had. Your Action Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that so man, yeah so I do think a devotion like and it, I think it would be great if it if it would be connected to their Bible like not yeah. just yeah. a separate yeah. book. Absolutely. I to think get that, to know
0: that. I think that's a good point, though, to, to find something that's age appropriate because there are some things in scripture that, if you were to happen across without some help unpacking, it could you be just need too complicated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And as we go back to like this being so much for a student and potentially yeah. super tim- intimidating, uh, I think once a student makes a decision. While we don't have to just start throwing them everything, I think there is a little bit to kind of like the responsibility thing, but yeah. the expectations of, all right, things are going to be a little bit different. Things are, might pretend, life might be a little bit more difficult, yeah. but also when you, when we focus and we program ourselves that the most important, one of the most important things that we do is build relationships with students, have small group leaders that build relationships with students, it becomes less intimidating yeah. because they know they're not alone yeah that they can ask those questions they have someone to go to and we were at least thinking through resources
0: yeah yeah now, what, what happens when I feel like this can tend to happen, especially after um, emotional retreats or D-Now weekends or, you know, they have an emotional experience um, with salvation and then they come back and life isn't any better than how it was or they lose that kind of emotional high that they have from it. So is there a way to kind of coach students or small group leaders as they're coaching students to handle life that doesn't seem to feel that different? or goes
1: back to normal after having had this kind of Because we know moment. life is still hard right. even yeah. after the yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just remember having kids come into my office and sit on my couch and just cry because they thought when they said yes mm-hmm. to Jesus that their life was going to be easier. Mm-hmm. And we all know, everybody listening knows, everybody around this table knows, It doesn't always be easy, right? Your life isn't easier. But I think it's important for small group leaders to have that training, for youth pastors to stay consistent and say, but we're going to stay true to what God has called us to Mm -hmm. and that yes. That's
2: good. And I I don't know, maybe stop me if I get too preachy, but uh, (laughs) it also seems like uh, so many times after that emotional moment at camp, at some event and that decision's made, I always felt when students were stuck there, mm-hmm. it's because they were looking back, and we don't mm-hmm. do enough with our voicing and how we talk to students to help them see forward. Oh, that's, yeah. good. that's good. But yeah. That's good. So I I think to make that practical, that's some that is something that we have to train leaders. We yeah. can't. Whenever a leader is talking to a student about that moment, mm-hmm. yes, they're reflecting. But we have to help them take next steps, push forward, go yeah. to what's next, go to where God is leading you, not uh, where He led you from.
1: Yeah, that's good. But is there some sort of resource? Because I remember the first summer that I was a youth pastor, mm-hmm. um, I had never been to youth group. I'd never been to youth camp mm-hmm. before until I was there. I had kids that said yes, mm-hmm. and, th- and they're like, go talk to your leader. And as a leader, I'm like freaking yeah. out because I hadn't been trained on what the mm-hmm. next step was. Right.
2: like. And also to throw in there, after camp, sometimes the first person that they meet is not their small group leader. It's their parents. It's the ride home.
0: That's a great point. So what do we do for the parents who are picking their kids up from camp or picking them up from youth group and they don't have any church background? They have no idea what it means to hear their kids say that they follow Jesus they're not, that. that's just a completely different world and language to them. How do we begin yeah. to help them?
2: Just letting them know about the camp experience, about what's happening at this event, what, uh, but how that do seems we do that? Because pres- parents
1: aren't. Uh, so if you're a parent that doesn't do Jesus, you're mm-hmm. not checking your emails, you're just rolling up because it was a chore to pick your kid up from church at the certain mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really give a rip. I don't think like about the whole circumstance. Mm-hmm. So, Help me. I don't know what we do for them, right? Like, think, what do we do?
3: I think even if a parent doesn't rock with Jesus, if you can help the parents see that this is mm-hmm. impacting mm-hmm. the student in a positive way, yeah. and you mm-hmm. can see that, like, oh, right. this is, this, your student opened up about this, your student yeah. opened up about that. These are some ways that we're helping yeah. them cope and deal with it.
2: Yeah.
3: Whether they said yes or no, I think the parent can appreciate the value of you helping their child get. So the So is that a time.
1: handout when they pull up to the church at seven well, thirty? It might be like, a conversation. What does that look like? It might
3: be can, a conversation. You can
2: run interception <laughs> like as soon as <laughs> as I I mean I I remember I remember having phone calls literally on the bus home with really? hun- like kids from camp yeah um, just to make sure that hey,
0: the I
2: need you to know this That's happened good. yeah or even if it was earlier on that week at camp. Yeah. I need you to know this happened. We are so excited for your kid. We're so excited for you and your family. And here is that one little nugget of the thing that you can do to make a difference. Yeah, it's good. And frame it so that they're the winner.
0: Well, I was just going to say, I I feel like that is a hard line to kind of toe that, that you don't want to feel like you're overstepping your sure. bounds mm-hmm. as yeah. a youth I, pastor and that you've now you have a connection with this kid that the parent doesn't have and doesn't understand and kind of keep yeah. push them out yeah. of the loop. So being really respectful of yeah, that. I think. So I love that I, you called them. I know that is so I good. Love
2: that. It. Cool. So I struggled sh- a little bit with what you said there, Sarah, um, not because it, I didn't see it uh, or felt that yeah. tension, but I think this is where like, we try to use uh, language as far as a cue. Uh Like, maybe the the mom or dad is not doing the church thing, Uh but if you can kind of make it a big deal, like, this is for your kid. Your Mm. kid experienced this. This is huge for them. Yeah. it At least cues them to know, okay, all right, I might not believe in Jesus, but my kid made some big decision. Yeah. And, And, you know, even for people, I've met parents who even... If they have no Christian context, they kind of know baptism is a big deal or like, you know, decisions that kids make are big deals. Right. So I at least in my experience, yes, it, it should be something that ministry leaders and small group leaders consider. But it doesn't have to, you know, we don't have to build that wall for ourselves.
0: Yeah, that's good.
3: And I think part of it, too, is showing how like. This all comes from love, and how, and that we really care about Mm -hmm. your student. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think if parents can see that, whether they're Christians or not, they can appreciate that. That's a great posture. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, But it seems like the posture of humility is what's going to communicate that. And, and like you were saying, Tyreek, that this is actually going to improve your life as a parent. Like Mm -hmm. that, your student following Jesus means they're going to work harder at keeping peace with you and, and loving you in a way that maybe they hadn't before. So making it look like
1: it's a win for the whole family.
0: Yeah,
2: but even
1: if you student. were in a smaller church, I know Tyreek probably couldn't do this with all his children, but mm-hmm. if you were in a smaller church, you could even show up at the house with that Bible mm-hmm. and talk yeah. to the parents and yeah. give yeah. that Bible to the kid. Because if you're a youth pastor of a group of 10, that's not a huge stretch for you to yeah. be able to make that personal contact. Yeah,
0: It's that's really good. It's
1: good. That's good. Okay, so what's on the line if we don't do this well?
0: If we don't follow up with a student who's made a decision to follow Jesus and they kind of fall through the cracks, what what's potentially going to happen and how do we fix that?
1: I feel like this is a really vulnerable moment for me because I feel like being a youth pastor when you're the only staff member, your mm-hmm. plate is really full. And mm-hmm. I will confess that I don't think I followed up very yeah. well with every student who has said yes to Jesus. Yeah. Right. So then when you see them when they're 19 and 20 and they're struggling, I mean, it hurts my heart, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. So I do think there's something on the line if we're not doing this well. Yeah.
2: Stakes are definitely high. I remember students that, <laughs> I mean, it's not great when a student calls you out and says, uh, you never followed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not a great feeling, but also just the stakes are so imagine all the stuff our kids are going through right now and mm-hmm. then imagine that they're not they're going through all of it without Christ. They yeah. imagine that they're going through it all without the relationships with the small group leader, yeah. mm-hmm. with, you know, parenting. <laughs> yeah. um, have we set them up for life beyond graduation? Mm-hmm. I mean, it does go back to Do we have the right end in mind?
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
2: and, like graduation cannot be the finish line. It's not the finish line. Yeah. So the stakes are very high. It's a heart check. It's a check of what is highest on our priorities list. Mm -hmm. It's a check on our calendars. Mm -hmm. It's a check on our small group leaders, our trainings, our Mm -hmm. prompts, our cues. It drives everything. The end of mind.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think this has been a really helpful conversation. And just to kind of wrap up, I want to ask each of you to share either a resource or a piece of advice um, that you would give to another youth pastor who's kind of trying to figure out how to follow up with their students once they've decided to follow Jesus.
2: Think small steps. Mm You know, There's small steps that build up. Like not everything has to be this huge leap. Um, I also wanted to share a resource, a little bit of uh, what I said earlier about running interception. We did make many phone calls at camp on the way back, but also something we did was we printed out this resource called the Post Retreat Parent Conversation Guide, and we literally handed it out to every single parent that picked up their kid, and we let the parents know that we're sending this home with them yeah. It is it super practical. It, it, it had questions for the ride. It had mm-hmm. questions for that night, the next week. And that was just something that, hey, we know y- you have a whole bunch of stuff on your plate, ministry leader. Mm-hmm. So this was an easy thing that we are able to just print out, staple yeah. together, send it home.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And that's actually a resource we developed here at Orange. And we want to put that in y'all's hands. So if you go to rethinkingYM.org, you'll be able to get a free download of those resources.
1: All right. So for all of my friends out there who are just like me and was not only the youth pastor, but was all the things, I (laughs) hope that after this podcast that maybe you'll sit down and come up with next steps Mm -hmm. for your team and for your students for after they say yes. And one of the cool things I found on the YouVersion Bible app Mm -hmm. was the After Camp Devo. So something that's already made, right? That's great. That you can just tap into as a resource for After the High Moment Camp. This will lead them five days after with some everyday Devo devotions. Love that. that. That's great.
3: And I would say just keep in mind the end goal being that Jesus impacts our whole life and how we participate in the life around us. It doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. But it does mean I may treat my mother, who I may disagree with, differently. It mm-hmm. may mean that I, if I'm having to deal with a sickness, I may respond in different ways mm-hmm. than I would without Jesus. And I think uh, devotion. I think devotionals are super helpful. But I also think, like you said earlier, journaling. I think there's yeah, something yeah. about like capturing your thoughts and feelings on the other side of saying yes to Jesus mm-hmm. that I think helps you to follow and walk with him more. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I would recommend is getting students journals and devotions Mm, after the fact. And that teen study Bible. That's it. You got to have it. Yes. Teen study
0: Bible. That's right. Well, guys, I think this has been a super helpful conversation. Thank you so much for your insight and your advice and just the conversation we had today. So thanks for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. The conversation doesn't have to stop here. We'd love to invite you to join the conversation going on this week about how to lead students who just started following Jesus. Just search Orange Students on Facebook or visit our show notes at rethinkingym.org for a link. That's also where you can find all the resources we mentioned in this episode. Until next time, thanks for listening.